Money with your hosts, Ryan Murray and Ethan Migliori. Um, Ethan, do you care if I start off with a story today? <laughs> Please do. <laughs> your stories are always great. <laughs> I don't know that they're always great. My kids would definitely uh, argue on that front, but uh, th- this this one's pretty funny. So um, it, we're, uh, we're we're still in you know the pandemic. And things are a lot different than than how they were pre-pandemic. Um, and one of the big changes is, you know, trade shows, conventions, uh, you know, uh, face-to-face visits. A lot of that has moved to kind of this online video uh, type world. Well, uh, I had the opportunity to actually go to a trade show. And I'm like, wow, you know, I haven't, I haven't actually been like at a trade show for for a while. And this was in Orlando, Florida. Um, so one of my best friends recently moved to Savannah, Georgia, which is, what is it about five hours north of Orlando, something like that? Probably. Yeah. So, um, so I tell him, I'm like, Hey, you know what? I used to travel a whole bunch. I don't travel like I used to, but, uh, I have this opportunity. I'm going to be in Orlando. I'm like, I would love to stop by, and uh, and spend some time uh, if if you can make it happen and he's like yeah that would be great so um you know the trade show kicked off on uh on monday uh setup was on sunday and so i told him i'm like why don't i come out and i'll just i'll, I'll just spend the weekend we'll, we'll spend the weekend in uh, in savannah just hanging out and then i'll drop down and do my show he's like sounds great looking forward to seeing you okay so I fly out to uh, Savannah, Georgia. Have a wonderful time. Uh, a cool city. If uh, if you've never had a chance to be to Savannah, Georgia, man, there is some awesome history uh, in Savannah, and so it, it, it's a cool city. It was a fun place. I I've been to Georgia before, but uh, never been to Savannah. And so anyway, so we're uh, we're hanging out, and uh, and then on Sunday, I. Uh, I'm like, well, I gotta go grab my rental car. Uh, you know, he was just driving me around all weekend. He's like, you know, I'll just, I'll just take care of it. And so uh, on Sunday, I'd schedule the rental car, and I, uh, I was gonna just drive down to, uh, drive down to Orlando. And my thought was, uh, I was gonna catch Daytona Beach on the way. Mm. <laughs> I'm just like. Dude, this this is the way to spend a Sunday afternoon, right? Yeah, it is. is. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna drive down. I'm just gonna hang out at the beach for a couple hours, and then I'm gonna head into Orlando, get ready for my show. So so that was my plan. I was really looking forward to it. So um, I uh, had my assistant. She actually uh, put together the travel plans for me. Did a fabulous job. And she sent me this confirmation. She's like, okay, you need to pick up your car rental any time between 8 a.m. and 12 p.m. And I'm like, sweet, I've got all day. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, you see what I failed to see. 12 p.m. is not midnight. That's 12 a.m. 12 p.m. is noon. <laughs> and so uh, at about 1.30, I show up to the, uh, to the car rental uh, and... They, they were closed. I mean, this is Georgia on a Sunday afternoon. So oh. they're closed, right? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh, this isn't good because I have to be to this show uh, tomorrow, right? And so, you know, we're, we're looking at different things that we can do. Uh, it, was, uh, it was too late to catch a flight. You know, there were no flights that, that we could have caught in time. 
Um, and so I, I thought, I'm like, well, I can get a car rental from the airport and, you know, because they're, they're going to have cars and they'll be open, you know, and they were and, uh, and they were open. But due to the pandemic, the uh, uh, there's a car shortage. And so yeah, that's right. uh, I wanted to pick up in Savannah and, you know, drop off in, in Orlando. I didn't want to, uh, you know, I didn't want to return to Savannah because I had no, no reason to do that. And they're like, nope, we don't have any cars that, uh, you know, that you can, that you can take and, uh, you know, and just, and, and just drop off at the other location. I'm like, are you kidding me? And so I thought about doing an Uber. That's a really long Ooh. Uber. <laughs> And uh, then I get this brilliant idea. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do a Greyhound. <laughs> <laughs> and how did that go? Have you ever done a Greyhound bus before? <laughs> Not for years. Uh, so you've done one actually? Yeah. Oh, when I okay. was younger. Okay. Uh, this, this is my first time doing a Greyhound bus. And I'm going to admit that uh, I'm a little bit naive to the class system between people who fly and people who take Greyhound buses. Uh, I think this is uh, something that uh, we as a society should try and uh, improve upon. But uh, yeah, there was, there was definitely a class system of, uh, you know, of the people that were on the Greyhound bus and, and myself. Um, it took a long time. Like I, I hopped on that bus about 7 p.m. I got in my hotel at 3 a.m. It was a long day for the first day of the conference. <laughs> So, but it, it, it was a pleasant ride, you know, I just sat there, watched a few movies, tried to sleep, you know, how good it is to sleep on a bus and, you know, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, note se several, several mental notes. One, pay closer attention to what 12 PM actually means. Uh, two is be kind to those who are traveling by different means than what you're accustomed to. And three, be super grateful for all that you have been given in life. There's <laughs> like the moral of the story. <laughs> so uh, what I wanted to talk about was the one little side piece, trade shows, because uh, I just got back from that trade show in Orlando and, and I was thinking, I'm like, you know what? Trade shows, uh, they have a big impact on businesses. Um, there are businesses that they've been going to shows for 20 years. Uh, there are businesses that have never done a trade show. There are businesses somewhere in between. You get people who set up the booth. You get people who walk the show. Uh, you know, and there's, there's all these different levels. Uh, you know, big shows, like huge shows, 50,000 people going to them. Small shows, a couple hundred people going to them. And, uh, you know, some of them are obligatory. If you want to do business with certain uh, companies, you have to go to their show. Others are just, you know, maybe I'm going to go to it. Um, some of them have an educational component uh, attached to it. So you can do a lot of learning and different things. And, and, and as I was at the show uh, and I realized, you know, like I've done over the years, I've done a lot of shows uh, from multiple angles. Uh, you know, I've been the guy at the booth. Uh, I've, uh, you know, I've, I've walked the shows, I've done the educational seminars and I'm like, wow, this is a big piece of small business. And so I'd, I'd like to talk about how, uh, how to work a show, you know, when it makes sense to do a show as a small business, uh, when you should pass on it. Cause they are expensive. Uh, the amount of money that you spend, not only for the show, but, uh, you know, all of the travel, the per diem, if you're going to send a crew there, if you're uh, setting up a booth, 
you know, how, how much you got to do with that. And so anyway, let's talk conventions, shows, and what that means for small businesses. Well, let's look at both sides of it. Cause I think that's important because a lot of businesses are in business, but have still never been to a trade show as just a spectator. Mm-hmm. So let's take just a minute and talk about that and then focus probably the majority of the rest of the time. Uh, if you're coming in like a vendor, you're going to have a booth. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you're looking just as a spectator to go to a conference, why does someone want to go there um, as a spectator? So, and this is something that I always think you should break down because I hear all the time, it's like, well, I could get the same training online for cheaper. And in my experience, there is nothing that I have ever learned at a convention or a trade show that I couldn't have found online for cheaper. But that doesn't mean that online is the better way to learn in all instances. Um, I actually enjoy going to shows because I enjoy interacting with people who are like-minded. There's an aspect of networking um, that, that I'm always going to factor in. That's right. Uh, there's an aspect of, I can ask the expert, you know, if I'm going to do like, uh, like a YouTube video, or even if I'm going to do some LinkedIn learning or a Udemy or any of these things, right. Uh, I might have like a forum or there might be a blog or there's going to be a Facebook group, right. Do they still call them Facebook groups? Did we change yeah. to meta groups now? I <laughs> don't know. What? We're not going there. <laughs> but, you know, there might be like like a targeted Facebook group, and none of them have ever been as good as just sitting in a room and literally raising your hand and having a question. You know? well, uh, and that's what I have found is, uh, as a spectator. The number one reason why I go is to connect with legitimate, experienced individuals who you can have face-to-face conversations that you can tap into at later dates, mm-hmm. out into the future. Mm-hmm. I, Hans, matter of fact, just recently working with an individual, had some frustration with some software they were working with. Uh, they had spent six, seven hours trying to fix it themselves. Uh, anyways, we were talking about something else that came up as part of the, the discussion. I said, well, who's the expert? And their eyes just lit up. Oh, I met a guy who does this. I didn't even think about reaching out to them that they had met at a recent, recent conference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they were, because of that connection already there, um, they sent me uh, an email the next day said, Hey, thanks for sparking my mind to reach out to that person. I got it resolved in 30 minutes just by reaching out to them. Yeah. So, so I think one of the powerful things as a spectator of conferences is connecting with industry experts. Now, now I'm going to take a little subtopic on that. And how many people should you try and connect with? You know, and I'm going to start with my rule of thumb. If I go to a conference, and it, honestly, it doesn't matter if the conference has 200 people at it, if the conference has 20,000 people at it, I have a goal of I'm going to connect with three to five meaningful contacts. Correct. Yes. Uh, you know, like I'm not, I'm not trying to connect with everyone at that conference. Yeah, I, I would counsel them same thing. Don't try to work the room. Yeah, uh, isolate out the one or two experts, and a lot of times they're the speakers or the presenters, mm-hmm. um, or a booth. Okay, yep. sometimes they're managing a booth. That's who you want to focus on. Like, like who are you spending fifteen or more minutes talking with? And those are the type of connections. You know what, like. 
and what's that conversation about? You know, when I was in this Orlando show, uh, you know, I was talking to a guy that uh, he was complaining to me about some of the shipping challenges that are going on. And, you know, we were sharing experience. Uh, you know, I, I deal more with shipping, uh, you know, companies that are shipping on the West Coast. He is doing more shipping on the East Coast. And we were just talking about some of the experiences that companies were having. It was interesting to get his point of view. But honestly, I'm like, look, I'm not in shipping. I'm not interested to pursue shipping. And so we, we had a nice conversation and we just left it at that. I could have grabbed his business card. I could have, you know, uh, like yeah. reached out to him on LinkedIn and, and just added that. But I'm just like meaningful contacts. If, if I walk away with one meaningful contact, that's better than having 300 business cards. Who cares? You know, right. everyone's going to say yes on LinkedIn. Sure, I'll connect, you know, but... Are they going to do anything with you to help you? Are they going to give you that 30 minutes of expertise that your friend needed? That's right. That's yeah. the type of people we're looking for. Okay. Because um, time goes by so fast when we get talking. <laughs> so let's jump over to the backside of it. Okay. And let's share some of your experiences, your do's and don'ts when it comes to now. If I'm going there um, as a vendor um, and I'm going to have a booth. So uh, I'm going to share another personal uh, experience. Uh, when I was first going, so, you know, uh, my company, Marketing Management Money here, um, I decided uh, that, you know, I wanted to get a little bit of traction. And so I was going to kind of hit a few big shows. And I hit a show in Manhattan. And I thought to myself, I'm like, this will be perfect. Uh, you know, I, I had more of a following in my local area, you know, and so I'm in the Rocky Mountains. And so the Rocky Mountain states were always good business for me. And, and I kind of was, you know, trickling out from there. And so I jump all the way to the East Coast of the U.S. And I do this show. And I found that it was too big of a jump because I had no warm leads to begin with. And so I did some lead generation and I got a few leads out of it. But the problem is, is I had nothing to connect them to. The reason why my, my trainings were successful in my area is because I would already have, you know, I, I would have a core group that wanted a training and then I could add people to that training. And so if I'm already starting with a half a dozen people who are like, oh my gosh, I, I, you know, I want to sign up for your training. It's easy for me to add to that. But if I'm starting with nobody then it's really risky for me to to go out there. And so I found that it was too big of a too big of a jump because there wasn't any connection. So one of my things that I learned was any show that you go to, don't just go to a show because it's big. Don't just go to a show because it's in a big city. You know, I'm like, "Oh, Manhattan, clearly that's going to be where I need to be." Uh, go to a show that is going to connect to you. I've actually had more business and more success at some of these small regional shows than I have ever had at any of the big shows. I prefer the small regional shows. They're, you're more connected. People are there to do business. You know, these bigger ones, I tend to have to just sift through so many people that are just there. They're just a warm body, you know. But, but these smaller shows, I don't have to do that as much. Okay, so talk a little bit about, um, I got to get, product. I, if I'm going to do a booth, I got to get my booth stuff there. I got to get product there. <sighs> Share some insights to that. So that's a, that's a huge concern why some businesses freak out and don't do trade shows. So, so trade shows are expensive. Hands down, they are expensive. And so if you're not coming to the table with, you know, at least 10 to $20,000 on the small end, 
then your company's not ready for a show. Okay. If, if you're looking at this and you're just like, okay, uh, you know, I, I, I could maybe make this work for three grand. I don't think you're ready for a show. Like you, you need to have, and, and I'm talking small business here. I mean, there, there are some of these larger players, they'll do a hundred thousand dollars on a booth. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm reaching out to the guys that, okay, you know, you've got 20 employees and you're getting ready to, you know, go expand and you're going to hit the, you know, hit the show circuit. I'm like, if you don't have 10 to $20,000 budgeted per show, you're just not ready to play the game and be a booth. Um, you got to have someone who's dedicated to that booth. Don't just think that it's going to magically come together. Like someone needs to be tasked. You are in charge of everything. The travel logistics, uh, the shipping of your product to the show, the displays, the uh, scheduling of who's working the show, like all of these little details, uh, you want someone assigned to it. You, you know, don't just don't just think that it's going to magically come together. Um, and then wh- when you're doing that, realize that things are just expensive. You know, like. Wh- don't there's a balance in my mind of being excessive and then being overly frugal. Um, you know, so at the show we just came from, uh, I think for two chairs, you had to pay an extra $50 and, (laughs) you know, and the guy that I was with, he's like, why don't we just go to Walmart and buy chairs for 10 bucks and just leave them there? (laughs) You know, but there, there is a cost of doing business and you're not, paying for the chairs you're paying for the location and that's you know they're gonna take their you know their their cut off the top and and so think about it you know like when when i'm there i'm gonna have i'm gonna get nickeled and dimed you know by the time i'm done paying for the uber from the hotel and then you know we're gonna take a, a couple customers out to dinner and you know those are gonna be expenses that that we're gonna have to absorb um, the other thing that, that I would recommend, highly recommend is if I'm ever going to have a booth, go with a target in mind. Why are you doing this booth? And if it's something vague, like, well, we're just trying to get our name out there, you know, or our competitors are doing, you know, they're going to be at the show. And so we got to keep up like, those are garbage answers. You know, when I say have a target, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, this is a lead generation opportunity for us, and we want to get 20 successful leads from this show and then quantify what a successful lead would be to your company. Like that's a target, you know, or this is a, uh, you know, this is a brand awareness opportunity for us. And so we are going to be okay with the fact that we're not going to generate a lot of leads, but we're going to get our brand out there. And so I'm going to couple it with some, you know, like Facebook live events events to grow my my social audience because I'm out and about doing I, I now have something to talk about something to blog about because I'm doing this show have a target in mind but I see so many people that they're just there and they're like well I just thought I'd do a booth and see what happens I'm like huh you lost a lot of money that's what happened yeah um I like the council of you know don't don't try to hit the big ones if you have a following inside your region jump to the 
the conferences that are just in the next state. Does that make sense? Yeah. Build out from that. You can get there easier. Travel is easier. You can throw stuff in your car to get there. I don't have to ship everything there and then fly out. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of, you know, you can, you can kind of systematically build out. Um, but if you can, if you can uh, isolate and identify that this region has a number of targeted players that we want to connect with, you know they're going to be at that conference. Mm. It makes sense to be there. Okay, yeah. make make the investment. So, uh, and, and that spurred a thought. You know, when you're talking about some of those smaller shows, think about the non shows. And what I mean by that is everyone's got a convention center, and they're the hot spots. You know, Vegas yes. is super hot. Uh, you know, Orlando is super hot. Uh, you know, like places that tend to have beautiful weather and you know fun things to do. You know, they're going to have convention centers. The second you go to a convention center, your cost just went through the roof. But guess what? Your local university is probably putting on different shows throughout the year. And, and when I say local, mm -hmm. I'm not talking about literally your neighborhood community college. But I'm, I'm, I'm like, every state has a state university, and you better believe that they do shows and conventions they're going to be a lot easier to work with. And so if that matches what you're doing, you know, just, just get educated, reach out to them. Uh, your uh, chambers of commerce, they're going to be doing shows and conventions, you know, economic development centers are going to be doing shows and conventions, um, you know, and even small venues, they're, they're looking for people to be at those. And everyone thinks that it's cool to be surrounded by, you know, 1500 other booths. And I'm like, I actually like to be surrounded by five you know, because then everyone's going to come and talk to me because I'm only competing with, you know, six people total. It's, it's easy. And if you haven't done, if you, if you've been thinking about it, you haven't done any conferences and conventions yet, start with one or two small ones. So you understand the logistics. How do I get stuff from A to B? How do I get it from my car into there? Um, how, how am I going to, how fast does it take me to set up and tear down? Mm -hmm. You need to understand that stuff because when you get into a big show, um, you, you can spend 10 minutes walking just through the building to get to your booth so space. so huge. <laughs> yeah. And not, not just where I can pull up next to the building and dump everything. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you get to a big city, you pull up next to it and dump everything and park your car and come back. Your stuff is gone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so I, I'd always counsel someone start with a few small ones. So logistically you understand how you want to do it. Uh, what can I pack? What can I not pack? What should I ship? Um, you know, and then, and then hit a few bigger ones if that's where you really want to go. Yeah. I would never tackle a show solo unless like you got to be really good at, and I, I'm not talking about yeah, walking good, good the point. show. Good you point. can, you can walk the show solo, you know, but, uh, if you're going to set up a booth, you need the a minimum of two people. Yeah. Because there's so many times, you know, when you just talk, this is what got me thinking is you're like, you know, you drop off your stuff and then you got to park the car. I'm like, you don't get that luxury. Like someone takes the stuff in, someone deals with, you know, parking the car or whatever the case may be. Uh, just having that second person so that you can take a bathroom break and go grab some lunch because the shows don't stop. They don't pause, you know. No. Uh, so you need two people uh, minimum. But having too many people is also, uh, like, I've done some pretty big shows with two or three people. Like, you don't need to have 7, 10, 29 people sitting in a booth, you know, all walking around wondering what to do with themselves, uh, you know. And each person you add, that adds expense. You got hotel costs, you got per diem costs, you know. 
and uh, uniform costs. You know, most people they're they're going to pick up some you know some nice shirts, matching shirts, and they're forty yeah. bucks a piece, fifty bucks a piece. You know. Um, do we have any time left to talk a little bit about engagement? Oh yeah, we're golden. Let's well, okay. we right. we got about so, five minutes. Okay, so let's talk about engagement. Too often you walk by a booth and the guy's sitting in the back on his phone. So let's talk about how do I you maximize my time? We can sum this up. Just put your phone away. <laughs> Because uh, hey, when it's slow or people aren't showing interest, I think half the time it's because you're not showing any interest. Mm-hmm. People want to engage and they want to know. If they even glance at you for more than a second or two, you need to you need to be connecting. Yeah, you got to do something. So share some tips that you found um, over your experience of of ways to engage people at, at a higher level so that you can get that conversation going or things that you can do so that. Uh, people will give you the time of day. So I see the two mistakes on both ends. The mistake number one is I'm going to sit down, I'm going to pull out my phone, and uh, you know, and I put this air out there that it's like, don't talk to me, right? And, and, and you brought up that mistake. Mistake two is I'm going to use car, used car salesman, every person who even walks by. Uh, you know, it's just like, oh, hey, you want to see what I've got? You know, like most people don't want to see what you have. And so what I'm looking for is I'm looking for a nice balance. I'm looking to build a, a short-term relationship here, you know. And so if the person looks over, then I'm just going to make a genuine comment of, hey, ma'am, how are you doing today? And you will tell pretty quickly whether she's going to be interested or whether she's not going to be interested. And, and it's going to be through her eyes because her body language is always, I'm not interested. She's probably going to keep on walking. She's going to keep her distance because she doesn't want to get sucked into a pitch that she's not interested in. The other thing that I'm going to do is when I get their attention, I'm going to cut to the chase. I'm not going to be like, oh, do you have kids? Tell me about your kids. You know, I, I'm going to be like, hey, we sell widgets. Are you, you know, do you ever use these kinds of widgets? Have you ever thought about this? And if there's like, no, I don't, then I'm going to be like, oh, okay. Well, I can tell you about them if you're interested, but if you're not, that's okay too. And I'm going to give them an easy out because I don't want to spend time talking to people who aren't interested. I want to spend time talking to people who are. And remember on the first where we said, if you're walking the booth, you're picking up three to five contacts, right? Well, if I am the booth, who do I get to spend you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes with, because if you think about it, that monopolized a lot of your time. And if I spend, you know, 30 minutes with someone who's just not excited about what I'm doing, they might be polite or they might just like to chat or they think you're interesting. I mean, I was talking to a guy once, he was from Pennsylvania and he's a backpacker and I'm a backpacker. And so I was telling him all the cool places to backpack in Utah. And we talked for like 20 minutes. I was at his booth ruining his time. (laughs) You know, And that brings up a, a great point I wanted to bring in is that when you're working a booth, you have to ask key questions to filter out those individuals. Mm. So, cause there's, uh, what I have found is if you have any little bit of swag you're giving away, that's kind of, kind of cool. Okay. They'll waste your time thinking that they have to have some conversation with you to get the swag. <laughs> right. Okay. So you've wasted a ton. Of, so it's always easier to ask a few key questions. Tell me what you know about this one. Uh, do you have any interest in it? Uh, and if not, just say, Hey, look, why don't you take, take some swag um, if we can help you out in the future, so, hey, give them the out. So you're not wasting your time with someone who's just trying to feel like they got to have a conversation to get your swag. So, so let's talk about swag here for a second. Over 90% of the swag you give away will just be given away. 
Uh, correct. Don't give away stuff expecting a huge return on it. That's right. A- and so if you can't afford to give it away, don't. Don't. You don't have to have swag. Now, here's kind of a funny thing that I, I'm not a big fan of candy, and I think that uh, there's way too much sugar. It, mm-hmm. Sugar's the, the white drug in, in the United <laughs> States, right? A- and so I won't put the candy bowl out. I just I think that it's ethically wrong. <laughs> I know, a little <laughs> bit extreme here, right? I won't put the candy bowl out, but I've put, uh, I put clementines out before, mm. you know, and, and I'm like, here, take a clementine. And people look at that, and they're just like, well, that's weird. And I'll have a lot of people that will come on there and be like, uh, can I just have one of these? Yes, that is what they are there for. And, and you have to give them to everybody. So plan accordingly. And it's okay to actually not have swag. It's not a requirement, you know. Yeah, but make sure you, uh, you've you got to have something that you can give uh, a way that, that they can take um, to look at later. So promotional material, whether it's your swag that has the information and contact information on it. So do keep that in mind that you don't have to have swag, but you do have to have material um, that they can take away and reference back to you later because it... So I should have been putting my email address on the Clementine. Yeah, that's right. You should have put a sticker on the Clementine with your email address (laughs) that they peeled off when they... (laughs) That's perfect. Hey, shows can be a lot of fun. Uh, Just don't get in over your head on the expense side of thing. It is one of the fastest ways that I have seen uh, businesses waste a lot of money. Uh, So make sure that you've got a goal of what you're really trying to accomplish. Stick to that goal. Do a follow-up analysis to see if you hit your goal. Uh, you know, and, and so if you never try to show, find find something close. You know, there's uh, there's probably a show within an hour or two of where you are. You don't have to you know fly across the uh, you know fly across the country to to try and make something happen. But with that, we are out of time, so we're going to go ahead and close, and we will catch you next time. Thanks, everyone. Take control of your business today. Go to learndesk.us and search marketing management and money for the small business insights you've always wanted. Be sure to stay tuned for new episodes on the first and third Wednesdays of every month and make sure to subscribe to be notified when we release bonus content such as interviews and short discussions. 